Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty. Their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And UDO Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. UDOBooks.com. And by Ocean State Bird Club. Springtime is every birder's favorite time of year. Join Ocean State Bird Club for new online talks and weekly virtual hangouts. And enjoy our quarterly newsletter with stories and photos about birds and birding. OceanStateBirdClub.org. And on Facebook, Ocean State Bird Club. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 835. We have the studio window open here, just in case. A Carolina Wren, which has been serenading us for the last hour, starts up again. We're doing our show live here as we do every week on Sunday morning at 9.30 Eastern. Yesterday, Saturday, June 5th, marked World Swift Day, celebrating the 113 species of swifts around the world, represented in North America by the white-throated swift, the Vox's swift, the black swift, and the most common North American swift species. The chimney swift, Ketura pelagica. And we'll have more about that swift coming along a little later on in this morning's show. Meanwhile, cicadas are still very much in the news. Brood 10 populations are exploding in 15 eastern states from New York to northern Georgia and west to eastern Illinois. We've heard about how cicadas are good to eat by humans. There are recipes all over the internet. And of course, as well as birds and many other creatures who eat them. But now the FDA has issued a warning that if you're allergic to some kinds of seafood... You shouldn't eat cicadas because they share a family relation to shrimp and lobsters. Cicadas are said to taste like shrimp, but if you're allergic to shrimp, the FDA says stay away. Meanwhile, over on the shore, this is our mystery bird, a preview of our mystery bird contest coming along a little bit later. Our mystery bird contest is presented by Red Start Birding. Red Start Birding is your new resource for birding optics gear and expertise. Great birding starts at redstartbirding.com. Our mystery bird, which frequently bobs its head as it feeds along the shores, mostly freshwater ponds and creeks, is about seven to nine inches long with moderately long legs and neck and a medium-sized bill. Its back is dark olive with scattered small white spots. It has a prominent white eye ring and a distinctly barred tail. Our bird breeds across Canada and parts of the northern U.S. and winters mostly in the Caribbean and Central America. little preview of our mystery bird contest, prizes for which include the always super popular Droll Yankees Observer window feeder. Attaches right to your window, offering a clear, unobstructed view of the birds outside your window. And to help prevent birds from crashing into your windows, a bonus prize. Here is a two-pack of window alert window decals. 
They're beautiful, and they really can prevent injuries to birds. So those are the prizes there, along with our preview on our mystery bird contest. Debbie's blog is up on our website this week. We'll read about a new study of how birds' feeding behavior is affected by loud noises, but not man-made noises in this case, but rather the sound of a loud flowing river. Pretty uh, interesting and kind of surprising. That's on our Debbie's blog, created by our own Debbie Bleacher and easily found under the Read tab at TalkingBirds.com. We have a conservation salute of the week. It's a two-part salute, and it goes to the 7-Eleven convenience store chain hmm, for their efforts to shrink their carbon footprint. Back in 2016, 7-Eleven announced plans to achieve a 20% reduction in carbon emissions by 2027. And they reached that goal in 2019, eight years early. Well, now they've pledged a 50% reduction by 2030 by doing things like purchasing 100% wind energy for more than 800 stores in Texas and more than 300 in Illinois, while 150 of their stores in Virginia are using hydropower and 300 Florida stores are now powered by solar energy. The second part of the two-part salute is because the 7-Eleven chain has announced plans to deploy at least 500 electric vehicle fast charging stations at 250 of their stores in the U.S. and Canada by the end of next year. So for doing more than providing Slurpees and burritos, we offer a Talking Birds conservation salute to the convenience store chain, 7-Eleven. And here's a salute to the royalty of the Talking Birds listeners, family, and that's our Talking Birds ambassadors. And thank you to Sarah Baker, Baker from Grapevine, Texas. Thank you so much, Sarah, and thanks for the thumbs up there. Thank you to Whitney Allard from Kansas City, Missouri. Whitney says, I'm a big fan of the show and would love to share it with others. That is a beautiful thing, and thank you so much, Whitney. And thank you to Leanne Blazin from Lenexa. Kansas. She says, I love listening to Talking Birds and hope you make your March goal. That's when we first heard from Leanne, and thank you so much, Leanne. And indeed, we did make that goal thanks to ambassadors like Leanne and Whitney and Sarah. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll consider joining our ambassadors family to help us get the word out about our show and about birds and conservation. And uh, we like to point out it's very easy to do. Just click on the Get Involved button at the top of our website homepage, TalkingBirds.com. We'll send you some little Talking Birds info cards that you can hand out to your friends and fellow birders at your convenience. That's about it. The address again, TalkingBirds.com. Still no G there in talking. Still to come on our show today, we'll talk with Black Birders Week co-founder Sheridan Alford on the wrap-up of this year's second annual Black Birders Week event. Plus, we'll catch up with Mike O'Connor in our Let's Ask Mike segment about the June swoon at our backyard bird feeders and the better days ahead. And up next, in honor of World Swift Day, we'll revisit our favorite flying cigar as today's featured feathered friend, 
Presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. What this country needs is a good five-cent cigar. U.S. Vice President Thomas Marshall made that line famous in 1919. Meanwhile, although we still don't have any good five-cent cigars, we do have something even better. A cigar with wings. Well, at least that's how the wonderful bird called the chimney swift is often described. Thanks to its symmetrically shaped body, which appears sort of stubby at both ends, kind of like a cigar. Its wings are sickle-shaped and stiff-looking in flight, and its body is uniformly dark, brown and gray. Of course, the chimney swift has been around longer than chimneys have, and probably nested in hollow trees and caves before chimneys were available. The construction of chimneys is believed to have helped chimney swift populations grow, even as modern chimney designs with covered tops and narrow openings may be a factor in declining chimney swift populations. These birds are almost constantly in flight, landing only at night as they rest and nest on vertical surfaces. The chimney swift even bathes in flight, gliding down and bouncing off the water's surface and then shaking off the water as it flies back up again. Now, if you observe a chimney swift in flight, you'll probably notice that it often seems to beat just one wing at a time, alternating wings. This, however, researchers have discovered is just a good old optical illusion. The chimney swift really flaps both wings at once like all other birds. In addition to their marvelous aerial displays, there's another reason to like chimney swifts. Researchers say that two parents and their offspring can consume over 12,000 flying insects every day. And that means things like mosquitoes, gnats, termites, and biting flies. Chimney swifts are wonderful to watch and almost as beautiful to listen to with their excited twittering and chirping like this. The Chimney Swift, today's Talkin' Birds, featured feathered friend. Welcome again to our show, number 835. TalkingBirds.com is that website address, by the way. Well, Sheridan Alford is a founder of Blackbirders Week, and she's just completed, if I have this right, a Master of Science degree with a special focus on environmental outreach and education at the University of Georgia. And she joins us right now from Athens, Georgia. Good morning, Sheridan. Good morning. Great, great to have you on, especially since I've pushed the button. We can actually hear you now, too. So, <laughs> so uh, Blackbirders Week second annual has just uh, been completed. How how did it go? I think it went well. Uh, we got a lot of great speakers. A lot of great events occurred. Um, so we, yeah, it just it was it was great, and we had a lot of good participation. So. We can hear you even better now that we've plugged in the uh, plug to the right spot there. But uh, I think we kind of did. Okay. We hear what she said, uh, Jesse. Kind of through the through the mic. I want to run it back. 
Um, well, you were telling us uh, again how the Blackbirders Week went this week, and you said it went well. Yeah. So give us a bit more elaboration. It, did go well. <laughs> it went very well. I think we had some great speakers this year and got to collaborate with a lot of good organizations. So government, NGOs, Cornell, um, it was all great. Wonderful. So tell us a little bit about the history of that. You are, you're one of the co-founders. Uh, how did you become part of this effort? Yeah, it kind of just started out as a group of friends uh, sharing a common interest and common experience. Um, and then the event happened in New York with Christian Cooper um, while he was birding. And we could all relate to that. And somebody was like, oh, we should, we should do a Black Birders Week. We should do something to celebrate and highlight but also bring awareness to uh, the need for diversity and birding. Um, and we threw it together in a week. We threw the week wow. together in a week. Mm -hmm. And yeah, uh, that, that's how the first one came to be. And here we are a year later mm -hmm. doing it again, with a little more time, a little a more. A <laughs> little more prep time, yeah. Uh, Christian yeah. Cooper, of course, famously or infamously confronted in Central Park while he was out birding and someone suggested he was doing something of a harassment nature rather than just being a peaceful birder right right and that's exactly what we could relate to um just the experiences of you know being black and just trying to do what you love all, all i want to do is bird um just making people more aware that um black people do bird and we'll be out there with our binoculars you know mm -hmm. uh, regardless <laughs> so just so black showing, showing people we got Black Birders Week was uh, organized by the Black AF and STEM Collective, seeking to support and uplift and amplify black science, technology, engineering, and math professionals. And uh, so according to the organizers, this year's event showcased many unique ways that black people connect in the outdoors. Yes. Yeah. How did, well, how did that work? Um, it went well. So in order to kind of amplify that, that goal, um, we tried to make sure to get a lot of different um, professions and activities involved, um, as well as including a lot of different age groups. So we had kids, we had kids events, coloring pages, um, while also highlighting research um, and bird banding and falconry. So all the things that you can do with birds, we wanted to um, kind of showcase those. Um, by the way, your your logo has drawn some controversy. There's a clenched fist there with uh, with the hand uh, holding a mm -hmm. pair of binoculars. But uh, you're really about inclusion. So this idea that you, there's some anger or confrontation Definitely. is not not uh, doesn't belong. It's not part of what you do. Definitely not. Um, it that it, it would be um, seen as an ag aggressive symbol or something like that. Um, it's always meant to me and to the Black Earth and STEM Collective, um, always a, a symbol of the Black experience, um, meaning unity, empowerment, um, and a symbol of resilience for the, you know, the people that use it. So mm -hmm. we definitely, I don't know, I've always seen it as a positive light. Um, so mm -hmm. it was, I was a little shocked to see that there was an opposite, but mm -hmm. that's, that's fair. So yeah, we definitely use it as a unity symbol. All right. And, and speaking of unity, you've received support from a whole raft of uh, birding and conservation groups. National Audubon, Cornell Lab of Ornithology, American Bird Conservancy, Talking Birds Radio Show, yeah. all these, <laughs> all these, <laughs> yeah. all these yeah. groups. So uh, there's certainly an inclusive aspect there. Hey, I wanted to ask you about your master's program. You're just uh, wrapping up now or have wrapped up at University of Georgia. 
um, environmental outreach and education. Your current research topic includes an assessment of African-American interest in bird watching as an outdoor recreational activity. Can you give us a little thumbnail about that yes. and what you discovered? Yeah, just a little bit. Um, so like, I said, like you said, getting a master's at UGA. Um, and kind of the goal was just to see how we can get more African-Americans outside um, through birding specifically. Um, and so I asked a lot of questions about how people already interact with birds in their everyday life mm -hmm. um, and would they be interested in either learning a little bit more about those birds or interacting with them um, and a lot of people what I found is most people have an interest um, but a lot of people just didn't know that it was an option uh -huh. <laughs> they, they didn't know that birding was a, was one an actual hobby um, mm -hmm. but two something that that they could do or they didn't know that black people did that quote unquote mm -hmm. I heard that a lot mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's definitely one of those things where the interest is there. People people generally care about the world around them. Um, it's just showing them what they can do with that. Showing what the possibilities are out there. Right. Right. So now that the second Black Birders Week has ended, and I, I think you've said that you aim to make this an annual event. We can call this the second, yes. second annual. What, what kind of initiatives will you be focusing on uh, after the week has ended here? Um, so we want to definitely continue to create um, information pathways for people. Mm -hmm. um, of course, it's STEM, so it's not just birding. Mm -hmm. And we'll continue to put out information uh, as well as doing next year, just getting bigger and better. And mm -hmm. um, we want to do in-person things. Once you start a movement during COVID, uh, <laughs> you can't really <laughs> yeah. go see each other. So now that things are starting to cool down with that, and we definitely look forward to actually doing some in-person events or in-person walks um, when it's safe. Mm -hmm. Sheridan Alford is a co-founder of Blackbirders Week and just completed her Master of Science degree in Parks, Recreation, and Leisure Studies with a special focus on environmental outreach and education at the University of Georgia. Uh, by the way, her website, uh, if you want to follow her, and yeah. it's most worthily worth doing, it's Beanie Jean. Dot com yeah. kind of spelled the way it sounds b e a n i e <laughs> beanie j e a n beanie jean dot com uh, Sheridan good luck with that and uh, good luck with uh, ongoing efforts thank you thank you so much and thank you for having me Sheridan Alfred here on Talking Birds and up next it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute the flutter of a tail feather the flash of a wing bar in mid flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more or if you need help choosing your next optic, Give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. What we're hearing there is the sound, or a sound, of our mystery bird. 
The bird, which frequently bobs its head as it feeds, usually along the shores of freshwater ponds and creeks. It's about seven to nine inches long with moderately long legs and neck and a medium-sized bill. Its back is dark olive with scattered small white spots. It has a prominent white eye ring and a distinctly barred tail. Our bird breeds across Canada and parts of the northern U.S. and winters mostly in the Caribbean and Central America. Tell us what it is or take your guess on account of even if we don't get a correct answer, you could be the winner by way of a drawing among entries received. And guesses made at 781-837-4900. That's 781-837-4900. As always, we urge you to call as soon as possible. 781-837-4900 is the number. The prizes include the beautiful Droll Yankees Observer Window Feeder, which attaches right to your window providing an unobstructed view of the birds. And a bonus prize, a two-pack of window alert window decals to keep birds from crashing into your windows. Beautiful, and they really can prevent injuries to birds. Those are the prizes, clues, and so on. 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, we're going to find out about the June swoon and what's to follow with Mike O'Connor. Let's ask Mike in just one minute. Beautio Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology. From field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor. You'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place. Beautiobooks.com B-U-T-E-O Beautiobooks.com My name is Kim Hillis, and I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas. I became a Talking Birds ambassador because it's a wonderful way to share with colleagues, neighbors, friends, and even those that you don't know, the beauty of birds and nature. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassadors family. Just visit our website, click on Get Involved at the top of the homepage, and then choose the Become an Ambassador option at TalkingBirds.com. Join today, and thanks. Mike O'Connor is down there, as he usually is, in beautiful Cape Cod, the Bird Watchers General Store, Route 6A in Orleans. Good morning, Mike. Hey, good morning, Greg. Welcome back to good old Massachusetts. Yeah, we're up in Maine there last week. Beautiful up there, but nice to be uh, back here in the Bay State. Even though the June swoon, I guess, is going on, Mike, and not, not just here. Those of us in New England think of the June swoon as uh, when the Red Sox kind of fade. Yeah, and so time. far, they've only won one game all month. Oh, man, it's happening, no doubt. Yeah, it's happening. It is. I know it's only, they've only played two <laughs> games, but that doesn't make any difference. Right. When you're a Red Sox fan, you always look at the glass empty. That's right. Look on the bad side, always. <laughs> all right. So uh, the June swoon, though, birds are, well, they're not coming around to feeders so much right, right about Well, now. typically what happens is this time of year, the, the birds, the backyard feeder birds, all birds, but we'll just concentrate on those, they get busy with raising their families. And, and and when the babies hatch, even feeder birds, even cardinals, even chickadees, even titmice, they feed their nestlings insects, usually those little green worms that you see hanging down, little mm. insect larvae, and they gather those up and they stuff those into the baby birds and with extra protein and it helps them grow. 
so they spend less time at the feeders. Also, like a few weeks ago, we had an influx of Orioles. Everybody put up Oriole feeders, and then some people a little bit late to that game, and so they, they put up the feeder now, and they're, not, they're probably not going to get any births again because those, ba- those Orioles are feeding their babies, or soon will be, insects. So there's a little quiet time in June. As a matter of fact, that's one of our least busiest months in terms of bird seed sales. And people come in, and, and they don't seem to remember for some reason. That's why I mention this every June, because they don't seem to remember, and they start complaining. Where are the birds? Where are the birds? Well, the birds are around. They're feeding their babies. With one exception is the goldfinches. Yeah. The goldfinches are... You know, they've just, they've done some studying, and they learned that a, a plant-based diet is more healthy. So they're total <laughs> vegetarians. So yeah. they'll be coming all the time. Did you, so you teach them that, by the way? Well, we went to the same seminar together. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we both, we both do that. So you, you'll either see me or goldfinches on your feeder at this time of year. But the other birds will likely slow down. So don't get discouraged. Keep your feeders fresh. and. They'll be back, especially when the babies start flying around. They'll all be back, and then the population will increase, and you'll have more birds than ever at your feeders. And then you'll be happier, and then my business will increase also, which is really the key. Boy, what a win-win situation. <laughs> really, <don't tell> <laughs> all right, thanks so much, Mike. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Mike O'Connor down there at the uh, Bird Watchers General Store, Route 6A, Orleans, uh, Massachusetts. Meanwhile, we're going back to the, uh, the mystery bird contest after this brief pause. For over a quarter century, Birdwatching Magazine has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Whether you enjoy birds in your own backyard or far afield, you'll find information in every issue to help you find, attract, identify, and understand birds. Regular contributors include Ken Kaufman, David Sibley, Pete Dunn, Laura Erickson, and other birding experts. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com. Not to confuse things, but we can hear that Carolina Wren singing outside. Can you hear it? Ah, it's probably not getting picked up on our mic. We've got to get a remote mic out there. We just got to do that. But we're back at the Mystery Bird Contest. This is the bird with which we're concerned right now on our contest. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. And Michael is somewhere in the great state of North Carolina. Good morning, Michael. Sounds like... Oh, yes. Oh, (laughs) there you are. Hi, Michael. Hey, hello. All right, you're in the, what do you like to call it, the Old North State or the Tar Heel State? Those are a couple of big nicknames, right, for North Carolina? The Old North State, for sure. As I'm not much of a Tar Heel fan, we go Old North State. All right, Old North State it is. And uh, let's see, our mystery bird, what do you say that is, Michael? Wild guess was the Lesser Yellow Legs. Lesser Yellow Legs. That is really a top-quality guess right there, but... Doesn't appear to be. That's not right, is it? (laughs) It's not exactly right. Yeah, it's but a top quality guess nonetheless. Try us again, Michael. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Love the show. Thank you so much, Michael. There in the old North State, North Carolina, Uh, Lesser Yellowlegs was his guess, and that seems pretty close, but not exactly right. I mean, very close, really. Rose is in Duxbury, Massachusetts. Good morning, Rose. Good morning. Good morning. What do you say, uh, Rose, on the uh, on the old mystery bird there? Well, I, how about the greater yellow legs? <laughs> the greater <laughs> yellow legs. Yeah. 
We probably would have had Michael be a winner if if it were a greater yellow legs because that's uh, darn close there. But uh, no, mm-hmm. not not uh, either of the yellow legs species. No. Okay. No, but thank all you. right. Thank you though. Thank you so much, Rose. You know what? We're all, we're almost out of time. We could do something here and and kind of have a winner by doing our bonus question. What do you think? We've never sure. we've never tried this before, but why not? We can try to do this and see what happens. So okay. we'll, we'll make you a, a winner if you get this right, which is also not how we usually do this. But again, we're doing something different and bold. Okay, so anyway, here we go with our with our bonus question quiz, and it's a multiple choice. A very famous person who has frequently spoken out on environmental issues will trade in his famous vehicle for a new pure battery electric model. Who is this famous person trading in that vehicle? Is it A, President Joe Biden trading in his fossil fuel Corvette Stingray? B, Pope Francis trading in his fossil fuel Pope Mobile? C, Queen Elizabeth trading in her fossil fuel Bentley? Or D, Elon Musk trading... No, he wouldn't be trading in a fossil fuel. It's one of those, <laughs> A, B, or C, I think. What do you, what do you think, Rose? Um, I'll say A. A would be President Joe Biden. I don't want to play that trumpet again, but no, the actual answer was uh, Pope Francis trading in his fossil fuel Pope mobile for an electric Pope mobile. Thanks for okay. thanks for thanks for calling in. Anyway, we'll choose a winner here in a moment and announce it next week because we're all out of time. Thanks so much for being with us. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics, with the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Beautyo Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com. And by Ocean State Bird Club. Springtime is every birder's favorite time of year. Join Ocean State Bird Club for new online talks and weekly virtual hangouts. And enjoy our quarterly newsletter with stories and photos about birds and birding. OceanStateBirdClub.org and on Facebook. Ocean State Bird Club.